thank you, uh, Pastor Dan and Mary, for that um, amazing report. It's, I work here full-time, and even I don't remember all the things that happen here, all the ways that we're giving here. And it's just an amazing thing to see in one, you know, the images of, you know, that we saw. And just, like, wow, we're a church of 120, 130, and the lives we're touching through our generosity is thousands. And this is things that we uh, possibly, we will never see some of the fruit of this in our lifetime on this side of heaven. But you need to know that uh, what happens through you guys is real. And it does change lives. And so this week, for the past few weeks, we've been uh, exploring our Christmas series called The Advent Conspiracy. In week one, Laura, she shared a powerful word with us about worshiping fully. And in week two, Pastor Dan taught us the importance of spending less. That was an interesting topic, wasn't it? Spending less. I think some of us squirmed a little bit when we heard about spending less. Um, after week one, I was excited to share with you the cards. If you remember, those cards that you guys filled out, they were such an encouragement for people. It was such a powerful tool. And so I'm excited this week to be able to share with you about uh, what happened last week, last week's card. All right, and so we're going we're gonna to take a look at the cards for spending less. This is exciting. It's like Christmas. You know, I get to open up a present. Nervous. Let's see. Oh, well, this is awkward. There's no, no cards. Oh, you spent less. Is that what it was? Oh, my. Thank you, Jesse. Well, if that, was, uh, if that made you squirm last week, then this week uh, well, it might be worse. We'll see. Because um, this morning's topic is giving more. So uh, before we get started, though, there are cards in front of you on the chairs. Be sure to grab one. Pray about it throughout this process, throughout this morning, and uh, fill it out and drop it off in that box. Uh, these are awesome ways of encouraging other people. Um, some of you give more all the time. I see it. Use this time, if you are one of those and you know who you are, use this time to encourage others the ways that you do, the ways that you do give more. Because let me tell you something, to give more can be scary. It can be scary at times. There is a level of uncertainty and fear with the concept of giving more. But whenever we have uncertainty and fear, we have the opportunity to trust not in ourselves, but in the power and the wisdom of God. Amen? This morning, please open your Bibles to uh, John 3:16 and 17. This is one of the most popular pieces of Scripture in the Bible. But if there was ever an example of true gift giving, it is here. John 3:16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Let's pray. 
Father God, we're just so grateful right now just to spend time with you, Lord, just to hear your word, God. Just speak to us about ways of giving more, giving more, more time, more of us, whatever it is that you're calling, more of our gifts, just to give more, to give more, God, and just to spend less. You are an amazing God. We just thank you so much. Just continue to pour into this room. Continue to pour into everyone in this room. And then what they leave here, that they leave here overflowed. They leave here just, 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 just an abundance is the proper word. Just an abundance of what it is that you have for us. You are a good God. We just love you so much. And your son's name we pray. Amen. So there's a uh, Bible Project video, which is really good for me because I'm actually really sick. And so anytime I can, uh, I can watch a video and drink some tea, I'm going to be good. It's going to be a great morning, guys. I promise you that. So, but there is one that talks about generosity, and I wanted to share with you this morning. Um, it's a little bit of a longer video, but it's really good. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a look at this video, guys. Imagine your friend invites you to a party. You arrive, and there's lots of people, decorations, food, and drink. There's enough for everyone. When you're hosted by someone that generous, you don't have to worry about your needs. You can just enjoy yourself and focus on the people around you. Yeah, that's what a good host wants for her guests. And this is the picture of the world that we find in the Bible. Creation is an expression of God's generous love. He's the host, and humans are his guests in a world of opportunity and abundance. And we're called to keep the party going, to spread his goodness. This is a beautiful picture, but it's not the way people experience the world. Rather, we find a world of scarcity and struggle, not abundance. And Jesus grew up in that kind of world. Under military occupation, people losing their land or families to debt and poverty. And yet, he would say things like this. Look at the birds. They don't store up food for themselves, yet they have enough. Or consider the wildflowers. They're beautiful and abundant, and they don't stress about their existence. And you all should live that way, too. But surely Jesus knew that things don't always work out. I mean, sometimes there really isn't enough. And Jesus did experience poverty firsthand, but he viewed the world through the story of the Hebrew Scriptures, which claimed that our scarcity problem isn't caused by a lack of resources. Rather, the problem is our mindset that God can't be trusted. Maybe God's holding out on me. Maybe there isn't enough, and maybe I need to take matters into my own hands. And once we're deceived into that mindset of scarcity, we can justify the impulse to take care of me and mine before anyone else. And that leads to envy, anger, violence, and a world where it seems like there's not enough. The party's over. It's turned into a battleground. But God wants humans to experience his generosity. And so he chooses one people, the family of Abraham. And he promises to give them the abundance that he wants for everybody else. God will provide what they need. All they have to do is trust his generosity. And through them, the whole world will see how generous the host really is. But that's not what happens. Abraham's descendants, the Israelites, enter a land of abundance, and they promptly forget the host who gave it to them. They act like it's all theirs, and like there's not enough. And it leads to war and Israel's self-destruction. If I were the host of this party, I think I'd just give up. But God doesn't give up. What he does is surprising. He gives another gift. Another gift? Yeah, but this gift is different. What God gives is himself. All right, and Jesus, the host himself, comes to join in on the spoiled party. And notice, 
Jesus lives with the conviction that there is enough and that our generous host can be trusted. His mindset of abundance allowed him to live sacrificially and generously, even towards his enemies. And Jesus called his followers to trust in God's abundance like him. And that's why he said things like, sell your possessions and give to the poor, or don't worry about your life. He's inviting us to live by a different story, one that is built on trust in God's goodness and love. But living generously doesn't mean life is going to go well. I mean, look at Jesus. He was betrayed by his friends and he suffered. And this was no surprise to Jesus. He knew that people would take advantage of his generosity. In fact, that was his plan. Really? Yeah, think about it. Jesus knows that we're all hopelessly deceived by this lie that there's not enough. Yeah, that lie needs to be defeated. And so that's what Jesus was doing when he gave us the gift of his life. Jesus' death was the ultimate expression of God's generous love. Yeah, God's love can turn death into life and scarcity back into abundance. Or as the Apostle Paul put it, you know the gift of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, that even though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And Jesus called his followers to live like the real party has begun. Yes, he called it the kingdom of God. And our invitation to this party is yet another gift, the personal presence of God's own spirit that can teach us how to trust the generosity of the host, just like Jesus did. Yeah, and when you believe there's enough, you start seeing opportunities for generosity everywhere with our time and money, our attention. Yes, one of the most important ways that we can experience the abundance of God's new creation is sharing with others because of our trust that God is the generous host. That's so good. I love that line at the end. I want to read this. It says, one of the most important ways that we can experience the abundance of God's new creation is sharing with others because God is a generous host. Amen? God is good. So I want you guys to think back for a moment to your favorite Christmas present ever. Maybe it was from your childhood. Maybe it was from last year. But think about this. Put that image in your mind. Think back on it. Now ask yourselves, what made this present so special? Why do you think of it today? When I was growing up, I remember uh, this gift. It was a Christmas when I was about, I was at my grandparents' house. I was probably no older than eight years old. Uh, their house was in the middle of the woods. We had no neighbors. Um, it was way up in the mountains, lots of snow. We had a fireplace that was roaring, being, being fed by the firewood that my family went into the woods and chopped down. It was a very little house. It was like very little house on the prairie, Right? But in, the, but in the mountains. When you go outside to play in the snow, it's multiple feet deep. It was deep. And you could smell the smoke in the air. To this day, that smell always brings me back. I love that smell of firewood. Now, we didn't have a TV at the time, so we never saw commercials. And so I never asked for this. It was a surprise to me that I got this present for Christmas. Those are the best ones, right? The ones that are surprises that you weren't expecting to get. I want to show you what I got for Christmas that year. There it is. Yeah. It's a He-Man castle. 
Yep. That's right. He-Man. If you're wondering where I can get a picture of 30-year-old toys today, this is actually in my home office. I still have those toys. My kids played with those toys. Um, and it's just been Leilani. She still plays with those toys. There's a certain nostalgia when we think back to Christmas, right? When you're, especially when you're a kid. When I described this Christmas to you, it wasn't just about the toy, though, was it? What I described was more than a toy. Sure, I still have the toy, but when I see it, I'm reminded about a time. More than just a toy, it was an experience. It was family. It was a small house filled with love, filled with joy, filled with laughter. It was more than just an object. It was a meaningful connection. How many times do we give gifts every year, each of us, that we know will not really ever be appreciated, right? How much money are we wasting on just stuff? We even stress out on that stuff, right? We stress out about not giving somebody something meaningful. By giving us the gift of Jesus, God really gave us several gifts wrapped up in one. First, God gave us his presence. God gave us something meaningful with Jesus. A gift. It is something that we celebrate every single year. He gave us his son. Because Jesus is also God, this means that he gave us the gift of his presence. It says in Matthew one twenty three, it says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When you're reading the Gospels, it's easy to see that, yeah, Jesus was an awesome guy. But we also need to remember that he was also God with us. God in the flesh. Three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, separate, but all God. Paul writes that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. God had a face, he had a voice, and he lived with real people. There's something powerful about the gift of his presence, knowing that God lived with us in the flesh. It's a very relational gift from God. When we make time to be with someone, each of us, when we make time to be with someone, that could be a wonderful gift. I'm not talking about an online presence through Facebook, but an actual, physical, spending time with someone. It's not a new concept. Because we live in a world full of technology, right? Like this, the phones. The concept, though, is neglected quite a bit. Spending time with someone in person. Are you kidding me? Why? I got the phone. I can spend time with 20 people at the same time. But it's not meaningful, is it? Some ways of doing this, and the life groups at LifeSpring, they do this so well, is host a dinner party, 
have everyone bring a prayer request to share with the group. Spend time encouraging and praying for the people God has put in your life. Be present. Make it a habit to have one technology-free night. Turn off the distractions and spend quality time together. That second one, that's the hardest I have a hard, I have with. That's a hard time. I have a hard time with that. I, Jeremy, I need to focus on technology-free night. The second gift given by God is the gift of, of Jesus was a personal gift. It was a personal gift. The gospel teaches us over and over the relational nature that Jesus is. He genuinely loved being around people, right? He really did. He loved being around people. He loved being around sinners. He loved being around his friends. He just loved people. Don't you just love personal gifts? When you know that that person spent time and effort and love preparing you a gift. But there have been times in our lives when we have received gifts that, shall we say, are less than personal, right? We've all received gifts that are less than personal. I have a quick video clip here to show you of less than personal gifts. Right? If I can use an office clip anytime I preach, it's a great show. Maybe we haven't received anything that bad, or maybe you have, but you get the picture. But in reality, let's be honest for a moment. We too have given gifts like that. It's not that we just received them, but we've probably given gifts like that ourselves. We feel an obligation to give gifts, even ones that mean absolutely nothing but end up just wasting money when we think of jesus the birth of jesus the gift that jesus is is that the mindset that we want when we're giving more to people do we want to be thinking about this less than personal stuff or do we want to be thinking about jesus the gift that the amazing gift that Jesus is in our lives. That's what we want to be thinking about when we're giving more, giving more to people, giving more to our community and to our families. Relational giving always means that we have to pay attention to that person that we're giving it to. Can't just go into the store and be like, oh yeah, this and this. Oh, this is on sale, sure, you know, and then just give it to them and think, oh yeah, you know, I might spend. You know, two weeks planning this. No, that ain't going to work. And they'll know it, by the way. But relational giving means that we pay attention to that person. Some ways that we can make it personal can involve pray for everyone on your Christmas list before purchasing anything, 
remembering what a gift that they are. Find presents that celebrate the hobbies and passions of someone else, meaning you have to actually know the person, right? Remember, it's not about the number of gifts you give. It's about celebrating your relationship and giving thanks to God for that person. Amen. Giving thanks to God for that person. Next, his gift was costly. Believe it or not, God's gift to us was a costly one. I want to read a scripture from Luke. This is from Luke uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. It says, And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Jesus was God in the flesh. He is the King of kings. He could have come and lived among us in any number of ways. But he intentionally, purposely, took on the form of a servant. Born not in the palace for kings, but in a dirty manger. This was intentional, my friends. The humility that Jesus had. And it didn't stop at his birth. Even at the cross, Jesus showed his humility. Jesus said in the books of Mark, in the book of Mark, he said in Mark ten forty five, for even the Son of Man came not to serve to to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. The gift that God gave us in Jesus cost him everything. So what does that mean for us here this morning? What does that mean for us as we now give to one another this year? What this means is that we must accept that relational Giving, meaningful giving, it's going to cost us as well. It'll cost us our time. It'll cost us our energy. It would be easier and simpler just to order online and just have it delivered, right? And just guess that maybe it's close enough that whatever we picked out for them will work. And don't get me wrong, though. Meaningful giving can also be scary, What if they don't appreciate it? What if they don't understand the time that I put into this? Jesus, though, he gave himself knowing full well that some would reject him. Some might even misunderstand him. Part of relational giving, meaningful giving, is realizing that our heartfelt gifts, that the gifts that we have, that we have just 
been praying on, that we've been working on, and that we want to give to people might just not be appreciated. But we know where our heart is. God knows where your heart is in that. During these times, our gifts, which represent our time, our effort, our love, they're often, they're covered in grace, right? And it will be felt most of the time. Sometimes it may not, but that's all right. God knows what you're doing. God knows where your heart is. Is there a better way to celebrate Jesus? Some more ways of giving in this capacity are serving someone. Partnering, it says, partnering with a Christian nonprofit organization and change a life. Change a life. I was thinking, Pastor Wayne, he's doing a church plant in Spokane. I believe he's going to change lives. I believe that God is going to use that church plant to change lives in Spokane. Let's talk about changing lives for a moment. Because that seems impossible. We saw at the beginning when Pastor Dan and Mary were sharing some of the ways that lives were changed that you may have not have known before. And you may have thought, oh, this is impossible. Wait, but it's happening. I see it happening. It's simpler than you think. One year... During Christmas, when I think our boys were about eight and four, we were having a hard Christmas. Barely enough money to pay the bills. Barely enough money to have food on the table. Absolutely no money for gifts. You probably, some of you probably know what I'm talking about. You may have been there. And when your kids are small, right, you want to do nothing more than just to show your love to your children by getting them gifts for Christmas. We couldn't. We couldn't. One day we came home from church. We had just started going to a church in Spokane, um, Life Center North. We didn't really know anybody there, but we had just started going to church. We came home from church one morning, and there was a note on our front door of our apartment to go to the apartment office, the office, complex office. First thing I see when I see a note and I don't know if I paid that, bill, that rent or not, was dread. Like, oh, like this in the pit of my stomach, just this fear, like, you know, are we getting evicted now? Were we late on our rent? Which was very possible. I was freaking out. So I go to the office, and the office manager told me that someone had dropped these off for you, but they wanted to remain anonymous. There sitting there were two brand new, beautiful bikes with a bow on them. No names attached. We didn't know anybody, really. So we still, to this day, have no idea how they got there. My family, didn't li- they lived in different states. Lucinda's family lived in different states. There is, to this day, all praise and glory goes to God for that. Who can they be from? Didn't really matter. What did matter was that I knew someone cared. Someone was thinking about my family during this time. Again, it wasn't about the bikes. Instead, it was about the love of Jesus that I felt 
from someone else making these, doing this for us. Lives were changed. My life was changed. I don't know how dramatically, but it was changed. I remember that to this day. Lucinda remembers that to this day. We still talk about that to this day. Things happened. Our lives were changed in some way. Jesus was shared to us through this action. Last night, I was... uh, I saw how lives were going to be changed. I was at a dinner last night. It's a dinner that I have the privilege of going to every year around this time. And every year I watch how, as how people give so much into the community. I saw over $40,000 get raised in like mere minutes. Just minutes. And $40,000 was raised. Money that was going to the children's hospital. It was going to uh, an African, a church African. I don't remember exactly what the words was for that. But it was amazing. I believe that through that giving at that party last night, that dinner, that lives will be radically changed. No one there will ever probably know exactly how much anything will be changed. But they gave out of their hearts. They just gave, just with that faith that it'll be like things will happen. God is going to stir it up. And He will, right? God is going to use that money. He's going to stir it up and lives will be changed. During this Christmas series, we were trying to set aside the commercialism of Christmas. By the way, I love the commercialism of Christmas. In my flesh, I do. I love the toys. I love the decorations, the lights, the songs, the movies, all of it. Last night on our way to downtown Seattle, we were listening to Christmas songs the whole way. Lucinda hates Christmas songs, but we were listening to Christmas songs because she knew that I liked them. I love the commercialism of Christmas. It's great. I just get swept up in it, right? But even Lucinda and I, we're, we're doing this this year, which is keeping it simple this year, having a simple Christmas. We didn't even set up a tree yet. I mean, we, it, maybe it was, we were being busy, but in reality, we were like, you know what? We want to just do simple this year. So actually, we have a little Charlie Brown Christmas tree that we're setting up this year instead of just going all crazy with the lights and the decorations. Because we were like, no, we're not going to spend money, more money on lights. We're not going to spend more money on decorations because of this reason. We're going to keep it simple. Giving gifts this year that won't be thrown into the back of the closet, but that can change lives. And by giving money that we would normally spend this year on Christmas stuff to a church plant in Spokane so that the gospel can be shared into a new community, that's a no-brainer. Do I need to go buy $50 of ornaments or is that $50... Go to a church plant. That's a no-brainer. And then finally, his gift bridged the gap. I want to invite some friends of mine up. We have a, uh, speaking of gifts, we have a gift for you this morning. And I asked this amazing team of people 
to help illustrate that this morning. So. It's Christmas, God. When we reflect on your birth. The moment in history when you became man, bounding yourself by the constraints of time. So that you could live among us. So that you could serve among us. So that you could die among us. Simply to save us. us. It's Christmas, God. The time we shop for the perfect present. Gift giving. For the sake of honoring our Savior. So I'm asking this Christmas, what gift could I offer you, Jesus? What gift can I give to a Savior that I can't touch with my hands, see with my eyes, hear with my ears, but can still feel with my heart? Would it matter if I would have been there at your birth? Maybe then I could have swaddled you in garments of the highest quality or given you a place to lay your head other than a trough where cattle fed. In a coarse stable, I could have protected you from King Herod and caravaned miles to bring you expensive gifts from far away, setting them at your precious feet. I would have seen the bright star heralding your birth. I would have witnessed the dawn of hope at your first infant cry. I would have listened in awe beside of shepherds as a choir of angels sang of the great joy on earth for everyone. For For us. I could have brought you a gift worthy of a king then. But I wasn't there. Would it have mattered if I would have been there during your ministry on earth? Maybe then I could have followed you. I could have helped feed your disciples. I could have invited you into my home. Or invited you or visited you when you were grieving. I could have washed your feet. With oil mingled with my own tears. I would have watched in wonder as you healed the blind and raised Lazarus. I would have seen firsthand that you, Jesus, are Lord. Lord Lord of all. all. My gift could have been to serve you, Lord, but I wasn't there. Would it have mattered if I would have been there when you died? Maybe then I could have sat with you in the garden, offered comfort and companionship as you waited to be betrayed. I could have fought off the soldiers who arrested you and took you away to be falsely accused. I could have torn the crown of thorns from your head and gently washed your bleeding wounds made from the angry whip. I could have helped you carry the burden of the heavy cross and mourned with your mother as your body was pierced and broken. I could have placed a sponge on your parched lips to quench your thirst. As you hung, Dying on the cross. For me. For me. For me. For me. For For us. For us. But I wasn't there. So, Lord, it's Christmas again. And I wonder what gift I can give to my Savior. To the one who doesn't walk in flesh among us now. But yet lives in me.
I can try to live like you would live. I can be your hands and feet on earth. I'll tend to the sick. And hold the hand of the dying. I'll wipe the tears of the grieving. And create a magnificent feast for my hungry neighbors. I'll pour out gallons of pure water to the thirsty. And gently place warm blankets on the shoulders of the homeless. I'll fight for the weak. Care for the widows. Speak up for the oppressed. Pray for the broken. Love your children. Lord, I'll proclaim your glory. Your honor. Your greatness. In the darkest places. To rekindle hope for the hopeless. Until your return. This is my gift to you this Christmas. Amen. Amen. The gift that Jesus is, he bridged the gap. Sometimes, and most of us could probably relate to it, but many of us have family spread out all over the country, spread out even across the state. How do we spend time with our loved ones that are afar? It takes creativity, it takes time, but it's possible. Just like with our family, before Jesus, we had a gap of space between us and God. The gift of Jesus to us closed the gap of distance between us and God. It ultimately created a meaningful, lasting relationship with God our Father. That gap is huge. And even today, some of us still think that there's that gap there. We still believe there's a gap. And we just have to realize that Jesus is there for us. Jesus is the reason why that gap is closed. And why now we can call on the Father and hear His words through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'd like to invite the worship team up, please. If we can resist the temptation of giving easy gifts this year and spending more time and thought on real relationship, on real relational gifts, something powerful might just happen. I believe something powerful will happen. Our kids, they learn from our examples what it means to give gifts that are personal and meaningful. Our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors will see something different in us. And they're going to ask, why are you so different? And you know what happens next, right? Why are you so different? It opens up that door. It opens up that conversation. Talk about Jesus. The reason why I'm so different is because of Jesus. And through this, we could share the good news of Jesus' birth and the amazing gift that God gave us. When we read this scripture, for God so loved the world, 
for He loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into this world to condemn the world but to save the world through Him. God sent His Son to us for a meaningful connection. We have a moving and breathing God life spring. Let's not just put them in a box. I love when Pastor Randy says this. He says, tear it open. Tear it open. Let that gift out. And share that gift with everyone around us. Don't just put Jesus in a box. Let him out. This morning, if you had thought of some ways to give more, then I want to invite you to please fill out that card and drop it off on your way out. We will be praying for those cards. We pray over those cards. And we love to be able to share those cards. We also have special giving envelopes in your bulletins. If you uh, would like to, if part of your gift giving this year is to give to the new church plant in Spokane, take advantage of this. The whole premise of this series is to remember Jesus and to spend less so that we, we can give more in other areas, in areas that are important, in areas that will change lives. During our last song, we will have a prayer team up here as well, available to you. If you need prayer, please don't leave without prayer. This season can be tough for some. Christmas season is always tough for some people. If you feel alone, you're not alone. If you feel alone, you're not alone. Come up here, receive prayer. We're here for you. Let's pray. God, we're not alone because you won't let us be alone. You walk with us through these times. You walk with us through this season. You remind us of the gift that you have given us through your son Jesus and ultimately through the blood of Jesus. You have bridged that gap. You have brought us to you, God. We just pray for all the gift giving that we do this year, God. Like, let us not let it be for nothing. Don't encourage us, God, to just go uh, willy-nilly and just go buy this little gadgets and Whatever we do this year, God, allow us to change lives. Allow it to go into our community. Allow it to go into Spokane and just change lives. If we can help plant a church in Spokane, I don't need those ornaments, God. I just want to help change lives. Use us. Use the gifts that you have given us. Use our hands Use our feet. Use our voices. Use our talents to change lives. We love you so much, God. In your son's name we pray. Amen.